So it kind of birthed out of, honestly, our wedding being filmed uh, because we shared so much of our love story and dating relationship, long distance, and just kind of our thoughts on relationships. I feel like the show actually did a really good job allowing us to like give our voice to those things. And so people just naturally were really interested in that. Audrey Roloff is a fiery redhead and a collegiate athlete from Portland, Oregon, who fell in love with a reality TV star. Jeremy Roloff grew up on a 100-acre farm and on the TV show Little People, Big World. Audrey and Jeremy's love story unfolded privately and over long distance for years before they tied the knot in front of millions of people on television. But after marrying and welcoming their first daughter, they decided to step away from TV, but they have not stepped out of the spotlight. Since then, they have been building a big business with a mission to strengthen marriages and families with their journals, books, and their podcast. I recently read their book, Love Letter Life, and I knew that I wanted to have her on the podcast to share some of their tips for connecting with their spouse. You're going to love learning from Audrey. She is honest and open about how they make their marriage work, even when circumstances are not ideal. Plus, she shares why chapbooks help her whole family feel more connected. Do you feel like other moms have life all figured out? Well, as the mother of seven, I can tell you that we are all just doing our best and making it up as we go along. But at least we have each other. I'm Vanessa Quigley, and welcome to the Mom Force Podcast, brought to you by Chatbooks. But before we get to the conversation, one of my favorite things to do is to scroll through all of the Chatbooks tagged posts on social media. Each use case is so unique and different. I love seeing the new parents who are subscribing to MonthBooks for the first time, or the dad who's serving in the armed forces who receives monthly minis to feel connected to his family back home. Oh, and the grandmas who make brag books of their grandkids to show all of their friends? Well, that's me now. <laughs> As a first-time grandma, my camera roll is filling up faster than I ever thought possible. Well, I want to share a new tool that is helping our family chatbook, and it's called HeyFam. It's our new family messaging app that makes sharing photos easier than ever. I take all the photos from our chats and turn them into our chat books with one button. <laughs> I love the simplicity, and I know you will too. How do you chat book? Well, I want to hear about it. Reach out to me on Instagram at Vanessa Quigley and share your story. And if you're new to chat books, use code MOMFORCE for 20% off your first purchase. Hello, hello, Audrey. Welcome to the Mom Force. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here. Ever since I saw you on Little People, Big World, I felt a connection to you, purely based on your red hair. Now, tell me, is it oh. just me, or do all redheads feel this, like, connection Oh, beyond? there's definitely, like, a when you see another redhead out, there's definitely, like, a it's like motorcycle drivers on the road, you know, or like I drive yes. a Sprinter van, like Sprinter vans give the little piece up. It's like, yeah, we need our own like little with redheads. Like there's a certain <laughs> level of like, I don't know, not sizing up, but like there's not very many of us. <laughs> I, I think my daughter was just telling me it's like 0.1% of the world population. And, you know, crazy. growing up with red hair, I always thought it was cool, but it was also kind of a liability. I remember oh, yeah. guys in middle school, middle school saying I would never date a redhead and being like, oh. What? No way. <laughs> and like you just you have the worst of awkward middle school phase because yes, you're yeah. redhead, freckles. usually have freckles. I mean, yeah. I was like rail thin, super late to puberty and just everything, you know, like 
classic dorky middle schooler, but yeah. Yeah. Well, okay. Well, aside <laughs> from way. our red hair, I actually think we have a lot of other things in common. We are both authors and business owners who work with our husbands as our business partners yeah. and mothers of a growing family. Although mine is now only growing through grandchildren. Just had our first oh grandbaby last week, oh, which is congratulations. So exciting. Last week? Oh, last week. I know. That's awesome. Oh, it's been incredible. But you, Audrey, wow. are getting ready to have your fourth baby. Congratulations. That is so Thank exciting. Thank you. Yes. And we're I very saw you excited. Announced- we just found out it's a girl. A so girl. Excited to do the girl uh, thing again. We've got one girl, two boys, and then our girls are our bookends. Yeah, we don't bookends. know if we're done, but for okay, now. Yeah. <laughs> Keep an open mind. But how old is your oldest? Our oldest is six. Yeah. Good job. Good job, Mama. Well, for those listening who don't know your story, will you share a little bit about your background and how you and your husband, Jeremy, ended up together? It's such a fun story. Yeah. So Jeremy and I were, so if, I guess people, if if they don't know Jeremy, he grew up on a reality television show called Little People Big World. It's how a lot of people are familiar with him and maybe how a lot of people are familiar with me, although we haven't been a part of it for quite some time. But he grew up on that show, not grew up, but like started when he was when he was 12 and we left the show when he was like 25. So a lot of years. And so we actually, I had never seen the show, but the show is filmed in Oregon about 15 minutes from where I grew up. And the, his family owns a pumpkin patch out here. That's like one of the biggest pumpkin patches in Oregon. So a lot of people knew their family or of their family from going to the pumpkin patch in Oregon, even if they didn't know the show. Well, I had never been to the pumpkin patch and never seen the show when I met him. Uh, we were actually set up on a blind date by mutual friends that were dating. So one of he went to like a really tiny private Christian school and I went to like a massive public high school. And one of his friends transferred to my school for sports and started dating one of my best friends. And so they set us up on a blind date before church. We went to church together because we actually went to the same church, but didn't know each other. And then so we went to dinner at the Macaroni Grill and went to church together. And that was our first date. So didn't know anything about each other. I'd never seen the show. Neither of us had ever really been on a blind date before either. And it was a long journey after that. We didn't start dating for two years after that first date. So we had a long friendship before we actually began a more formal relationship. So. Yeah. And you share so much of what that was like in your book, A Love Letter Life, which I want to talk about later. But you say that you didn't know Jeremy from the show. You hadn't watched the show. And then you end up getting married on the show with like millions of people watching. Now, what was that like? And then what led to the decision to step away from the show shortly after having your daughter? Yeah. So I start with the wedding. We actually teetered back and forth for a while. When I met Jeremy, they were actually taking a break from filming. So I never thought it would be a part of like, I never, I thought it was ending for him and certainly didn't think that I would ever be a part of it. Yeah. Because there was a writer strike was happening. So his family hadn't been filming for like a while. And then we started dating and around the time that they picked up filming again. And so when it came to the time that we got engaged, of course, they were like, really wanting to film our wedding. And we weren't sure if we wanted to do it, but they were very respectful about all of the things that we wanted to kind of keep private. We had a first look privately. We took communion on our own. They didn't come to the reception. So it was just the ceremony that they filmed. Like they're Mm. very respectful about our boundaries. And so ultimately that led to our decision to do it. And 
we felt like we had a story to share and we wanted to share that. And we thought that that would be like the capstone end of Jeremy's filming and we would kind of be done after that. And for a myriad of other reasons, we kept doing the show for a few years after that until we had our daughter. And at that point, there were some contractual things that we wanted to get out of so we could do some other business ventures. So there was that Mm -hmm. aspect of it. And then also just Jeremy not wanting to give his kids the same like TV life that he had growing up. So when we had our daughter, we were like, okay, it's time to shift. And we had kind of built other life rafts away from the show that we were excited about pouring more of our time and energy and resources into. So it felt like a really natural time to leave and do that. So that was about, that was six years ago because it was right after we had our first daughter. So, Yeah. Well, you and Jeremy haven't necessarily stepped out of the spotlight. You continue to put yourselves out there with your family and sharing your experiences. And your book, Love Letter Life, was such a vulnerable look into your courtship and in your relationship. And I thought it was so interesting how writing love letters was such an important part of your relationship. Another thing we have in common my husband and I had a long distance relationship for two years. He went to Madagascar to serve a mission for our church, and we could only communicate through letters. So we have yeah, two it. huge binders of these weekly letters back and forth that are so, so good. special. Like sometimes, you know, we've been married for almost 30 years now, and sometimes there, oh there have been times where I'm like, wait, why did I choose you? <laughs> you know, sometimes we have a hard day. I open that binder and read those letters, and I'm like, Oh, yeah, that's ah, it all comes flooding back. It's so special. Writing letters is a lost art. Do you still write letters to each other? Yeah. So it started, I guess both Jeremy and I are kind of unconventional by nature and old souls, I think a little bit. I've always loved writing and I've always been a big journaler. And my mom, um, I think, instilled a lot of that in me because she would write me letters. She wrote me a letter in my lunch every single day, like until I graduated high school. And so I learned. Yeah. And so I think some of that was just like, she's really good with words. And I learned a lot of my passion for words came from her. And then just that coupled with Jeremy and I really love the old fashioned way of things and being that way in a relationship. And so When he moved to Santa Barbara, where he went to school, I was at Oregon State. Uh, He went into this antique shop there and found a typewriter. And he was like, well, this would be fun to write letters to each other on a typewriter. So it's kind of his idea to write the letters during the long distance relationship. And certainly we we did communicate via phone too, but it was before FaceTime or anything like that. So we had Skype, but it was super glitchy. So we did have times where we communicated like that as well, but it was just more special and meaningful to have the letters because we'd putting certain things in him. Jeremy would pick flowers from outside of his apartment in Santa Barbara and send them to me in with the letter. And I would send like other little things that I could fit in the letter, in the letters. And so those are a treasure to have, certainly. And the letters became like a really big part of our story because we continued to write them. We wrote each other a letter on our wedding day. And then on our honeymoon, we thought of this like really fun idea to write a letter to each other to read on our first anniversary. So Mm. just kind of like all the emotions and things that we were feeling in that moment and what we wanted our first year of marriage to be like, whatever. And so we did on the beach in Jamaica, write these letters to each other that we read on our first anniversary. And when we did read them, it was such a special time and like thing to do that we just were like, we should keep doing this. This is a really cool thing to do. So we've continued to do that. We write a letter to each other every year on our anniversary that we then read on the following Hmm. year's anniversary. 
And it is kind of just this continuation of continuing to write our love story and something special that we can pass down to our kids. And, but also like such a cool thing to just see all of the ways that we grow throughout the year. And really the letters kind of document our lives in large part too, not just our relationship. And so it's been special just to see, you know, when we're writing a letter, dreaming about the property that we're going to buy. And then the next year we're living on that property or we're writing a letter, dreaming about having a baby. And the next year we are holding the baby when we're reading the letters, you know, just that is, it's been really special. So that's something that anybody can start doing too. Oh yeah. I love that you started on your honeymoon, but (laughs) my husband and I are celebrating our 30th anniversary this year and I want to do this for our anniversary. Yeah. Yeah. It's really so simple. So I love that. Fostering a deeper connection. I mean, that's like everything that yeah. we care about at Chatbooks is all about strengthening families and, and, and creating those strong bonds. You have a website called Feeding the 50%. And mm-hmm. I want you to talk a little bit about that because I think it's all about helping strengthen marriages and families, right? Yes. So it kind of birthed out of, honestly, our wedding being filmed uh, because we shared so much of our love story and dating relationship, long distance, and just kind of our thoughts on relationships. I feel like the show actually did a really good job allowing us to like give our voice to those things. Mm -hmm. And so people just naturally were really interested in that. That's what people wanted us to talk more about after that. And so we were kind of using our platforms, if you will, at the time to talk a lot about long distance relationships and dating and um, dating in the Christian culture and all of that. And so anyways, we, I guess... I don't know, a year into being married, married, we were like, what if we started something that was kind of this, we felt very fortunate to have a lot of marriage mentors or marriage parents, as we call them, like just couples that are in the season of life ahead of us that were really pouring into our relationship and people that were just giving us like really solid advice and, and guiding us, kind of setting us Mm -hmm. up for a strong foundation in marriage. And I know we knew a lot of friends at the time that did not have that. And so, so much of our book came from just what we learned from other couples that were pouring into us. And same with Beanie 50%. That's kind of how it started was just like, how can we be a bridge between this older generation of knowledge and this younger generation of, of young families that don't necessarily have that, those types of like good examples of marriage to look up to? How can we kind of be this channel, this conduit of sharing this information to our generation and kind of being alongside the journey with the people that are reading it, like being in it with them instead of being, you know, 30, 40, 50 years married. There's certainly obviously a lot to be said about that. We were not claiming to be experts at the time and still aren't, but just to be in it with them and saying like, Hey, we're going through these things too. And these are the things that people are sharing with us that have helped, or these are the kinds of questions that we're asking. It started with just a passion for relationships we've always both had and and then just wanting to share our story. And then that was just ultimately what people ask us a lot about. So it just kind of drew us into sharing more about it. And then it led to the Marriage Journal, which was our first product that kind of exploded and still has been like our number one bestseller. Then it led to more like journals and books in the marriage space after that. So on your website, it says date intentionally, pursue creatively and love faithfully. What does that look like for you and Jeremy now that you've been married for what, almost 10 years now? Yeah, coming up on 10 years. Yeah. So crazy. 
Yeah, I think it's looked different in every in all seasons. And I think we give each other a lot of grace for the different ways that it's looked in different seasons. We try not to make excuses for not prioritizing. Like we still certainly prioritize our marriage. We have been doing this 52 date night challenge for the past few years. We actually did it when we had our third baby, like with a newborn, the year that we moved to our farm property, like we did 52 dates in a year, weekly date every week, and we prioritized it. We knew that we really needed it that year. Last year, we did not accomplish that mission, but we made it pretty close. And I think having that goal of doing the 52 dates gets us a lot closer than if we didn't have the goal. Just having the goal and knowing like, okay, given this season of life that we're in right now, going through a remodel, about to have our fourth kid, like we've definitely given each other a lot of grace the past six months for being creative in our relationship. But I think one of the things that's been like really consistent for us in our marriage is it sounds really dumb and simple, but like common courtesies, just saying thank you, saying, please, can you help me with this? Saying you're welcome, noticing each other and like yes. acknowledging each other when we do certain things. It goes such a long way, like, yes. especially when you're busy and in the thick of things. And so I think that's one thing that we've really encouraged like our community to do. And then also we talk a lot about this concept. We took it from one of our favorite books. It's A Severe Mercy, which is a really, really old book, but it's one of our favorite books. Uh, it's a love story, but it's a true story, autobiography. And they have this concept that they call the principle of sharing. And it's basically if the person that you love loves something, there must be something to love about it. If it's a healthy thing, right? Like we're not talking about bad habits or things like yeah. that. So whether it's a hobby or a book or a podcast or whatever it is, like if your spouse is super into something, taking the time to actually invest and learn about that thing or experience mm -hmm. that thing or whatever. And that's been something that we have adopted in our relationship a ton is just like being interested in each other's things and creating time and space for us to do that. So like for me, I'm a runner. Jeremy took up running. He learned a lot about me by taking up running, but also it was something that we could then bond on. And that became a lot of our date days, you know, was like going for yeah. runs together. That is so, a true yeah. act of love because yeah. <laughs> I am not a runner. I do not like running. I can just imagine like being, okay, I'm going to do this because I love her. Yeah. Um, okay. An example in my life with my husband, he is very interested in birds. He's a birder, not a bird okay. watcher. Just so you know, you don't call them bird watchers. You call them birders. <laughs> and I thought it was charming oh, wow. and cute and kind of quirky. But, you know, we would be away on a vacation together and he is not looking at me. He's looking up in the trees and in the sky trying to find birds. I and it. I remember getting so frustrated. And then I had this thought, like, what is so interesting? And so I'm like, I'm just going to try to figure it out. And on that trip to Boston that spring, I finally started to understand, like, as soon as I opened my eyes to what was up above us, yeah. all of a sudden I could hear the birds. I saw and nature was just more full, more rich. And I found him more interesting. It was just like the craziest little yeah. switch that went off when I decided to stop being annoyed and be interested in <laughs> trying to share this exactly passion with it. him. I don't so love it good. as much as he does, but I'm, like, yeah, I'm down right. for a bird, a birding <laughs> trip anytime. Such good advice, Audrey. One thing that really stood out to me as I was reading your book. Now, it, the book, it's old, right? When did you write? Love yeah, I know. 
We wrote it actually when our daughter was six months old. So oh, okay. it's coming up on six years. New, then newly married, and you but you had yeah. this experience Three, four in years. your own long distance relationship. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, with all of your marriage mentors, there were so many good things in the book, though. I loved how you talk about the necessity of breaking down walls. And, mm-hmm. you know, like I said, my husband and I, we've been married for almost 30 years. And as I was reading it, I was realizing that like I am just now breaking down some walls. Oh, yeah. You know, Same. because, <laughs> oh, yeah. And we're, and we're all like, as women, as mothers, you know, mm-hmm. we're all just going to keep evolving through these different seasons. And my husband and I went through a really tough season recently with some hard things with some of our kids that really forced us to like get vulnerable yeah. in ways that we hadn't. And by going through that really tough bit, I feel like we are closer than ever. And we're able to open up so much more about everything. And it's yeah. it's fun and exciting. And all of a sudden, this new spark that has come 30 years down the road. So what so advice cool. do you have for people who are like happy enough in their marriages, but mm. they know they want more, that there could be mm. more? How can you get more connection? Yeah. yeah. I, well, one thing that we've been super big on that's just been great for us with connection is questions. Like, asking each other questions, kind of, honestly, sometimes we just ask each other random questions out of the blue. Like one question we've been asking each other a lot lately is what's something you've been thinking about a lot lately that I don't know. And that question Mm. alone has created like so much more connection, so much more understanding for each other, like where your head's at, especially when you're in the thick of like life and busyness and young children, like you don't necessarily have a lot of time to have these deep, meaningful, long conversations. But just to ask that question we've asked it a lot, like in bed before we go to sleep. What's one thing you thought a lot about today that I don't know about? And it's really helped us just kind of stay on the same page. So instead of like, just kind of going further apart in like our lanes of what we're thinking about or learning about or doing or on our agenda, like we kind of know what each other's caring or we know what each other is thinking a lot about. So questions I would say have been huge. And I mean, the marriage journal, which just like continues to be a very powerful thing for us in our marriage. I know we created it, but we still do it. And it's still been very powerful nine years in almost 10 years. It's six questions that we ask each other every Sunday night. They're the same six questions there. It's not rocket science. It's very simple, but everyone that starts doing it is blown away by like how effective asking those six questions are. The first one being what brought you joy this week? I think a lot of people know what what's something that their husband did that annoyed them, but do they know mm. what brought their husband joy, you know? And mm. and just knowing that helps you feel more connected with your spouse, knowing what's bringing each other joy or knowing what's hard that week or knowing what's a dream craving or desire that's been on the forefront of your mind. Like asking these questions every week has been profoundly helpful for us in our marriage and has helped us stay connected in those hard seasons of like postpartum and having babies, you know, like It's like the bare minimum thing that we can do when we can't do date nights and when we can't go on extravagant vacations together. And when we can't, you know, it's six questions like and it still just is very powerful. So, yeah, well, and it's important to ask the questions, but it's also important to answer vulnerably because I think I know sometimes, you know, Nate, my husband will ask me something and I'm just like, I don't want to get into it. So I'll just like say whatever I need to say to. But. That doesn't serve anybody, right? You've got to be willing totally. to open up and be vulnerable. Goes back to the walls. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Turns out I'm still breaking them down. Yeah. Something else you mentioned in the book was about winning moments. Tell us more about that. What are they and how do you know that you're having one? And is this the type of thing that you should write in your marriage journal? I'm so curious to okay. learn more I'm about that. I'm trying to remember what that, I think that was referring to like when we were dating, right? 
I don't remember. <laughs> I just so wrote long. it down. I just wrote it down um, and thought that, okay, that is something that I want to keep thinking about because especially in chapbooks, we're all about like capturing the everyday magic, those little moments yes. that are fleeting that sometimes get lost in the mess and the chaos of family mm-hmm. life. But really, those are the winning moments. Those are the things that when your house is empty and immaculate, yeah. that you're going to look back on and be like, oh, that was where the real magic was. Like yeah. advice on how do you recognize those in your marriage to help, you know, keep that spark alive? I don't know. I can't remember exactly what story that was referring to in the book, but I just like the importance of celebrating and yeah. and making moments out of memories. Like we're really big on that. Just having these little things like Jeremy and I have a special cheers that we do. That's It's really dumb, but we just like link arms and take a sip. It is this way of kind of, we've coined this phrase to like locking it in. It's like this physical gesture that kind of like solidifies the moment in our memories. And then we do also say like lock it into each other as literally like a verbal. Lock um, it in. Proclamation of like, hey, let's remember this moment. Let's lock it in. And so little things like that, like we celebrate and toast on the anniversary of the day that we met. Like it's dumb and simple, but we don't do anything like big and elaborate for it, but we just like toast and celebrate it. And now our kids are old enough to where we can kind of bring them into those moments Mm -hmm. and they can see us like celebrating our love story, which is something that we want them to see, you know, and Mm -hmm. we want to model for them. So that's been cool too, to just like bring them into those moments of celebration and those like wins that we've had whether it's a, in a win in our business or a win in our marriage or a win in our family, just taking the time to actually celebrate, I think a lot of people don't do because they think it needs to be bigger than it really does. It can be as simple as a handshake or a toast or a special dinner, whatever, you know? Yeah. Well, okay. I love that phrase, lock it in. I immediately thought of chat books, of course, because that's how I lock in so many of my memories, but your journal, yes, so like good. just a way to like make it last. Right. And having a little ritual with it, if it's a toast or a hug or a cheer or whatever, but then being able to hold on to it. So not only can it bring strength and connection to you two as a couple, but to your whole family. I love it. We're both in the same business to strengthen families because every family is built (laughs) on the foundation of a strong marriage. I I could talk to you forever about babies and childhood and what you're looking most for. Where's all my tips for seven kids? (laughs) Come on. DM me. I've got lots of them. Although I was just with my daughter who just had her first baby. And it turns out like you handle newborns really differently today than we did oh, yeah. years ago when I had my first baby. Sure. There are lots of different ways of doing things. And she's like, mom, that is old fashioned. So I don't know how long, how many of my tips would actually. Um, okay. I have helpful. to ask you though, which, what, what was the biggest shift for you? Like in numbers of kids, what was the biggest, like, wow, that number oh. three really changed our family or number, or maybe it was number one or maybe yeah. it was number seven. It was number two. Going from really? one to two was huge for me. Yeah. After that, yeah. it was just like, just more to juggle. And yeah. I don't know. And I loved it. And they played with each other. And I'm the oldest of 12. So I was used oh, to wow. a fair amount of yeah. chaos yeah. and just kind of, it makes me happy and brings me joy. But you're going to so be amazing. Good. I love it. You're going to be amazing. Oh, Number four <laughs> is so lucky. I want to talk though about photos in particular, because if we're talking about yes. locking in memories. You mentioned that you're a chat booker. Yes, I am. Tell yep. us a little bit about that. I'd love we, to hear an Audrey testimonial chat books. Yes. So we've been using chat books. I'm a little behind, probably like a lot of people, <laughs> but I do the monthly ones and it's just yeah. so easy. And our kids love them because they literally will pull them out and spend time like, mom, I want to look at the one that my my tractor birthday party was in, you know, like, or whatever. <laughs> and so 
we have them all like lined up by year and by month and they love looking back through them and remembering like certain things that we did as a family, which is special. But also just for me to have those like physically printed, again, I think it goes back to Jeremy and I being kind of old souls and we think it's important to actually write things down and actually print things and not just let everything live digitally and because who knows what's going to happen to the digital world. So there's that fear, but it's also the like just having something tangible is different and being able to look at something physically printed is different than looking at it on your phone. Like there's just a different experience that you have with looking at it or feeling it and holding it, you know? And so- no. It's true. There's actually science. You know, because that's why that up. Yes. We did a whole <laughs> yes. research study with HP connecting that when we reflect on our memories in a printed form, there's mm. so much more benefit and more connection. Oh, yeah. And I know I I mean, you, you're a mom of young kids. If anything, we're trying to take screens away from yeah, them. Absolutely. Less time on screens. So don't make your kids have to enjoy and relive your memories on your screens. Print them in your yeah. chat books. So, so good. good. One one other question. Your kids are so smiley in the photos that you post. Any <laughs> tips on capturing moments with little ones? Oh, oh gosh. No. I I have one child that just has been like destined to be smiley. Truly, since birth, he came out smiling and he is just a tender. Like from three months old, we would look at him and he would just smile. <laughs> My other two, there's a little bit more like, you know, say geez, whatever. I think as they are getting older, that will probably get harder because it's still fun for them now that they're like little and toddlers. They're like, geez, you know, they get all excited. But like I can tell with my oldest already, she's a little over it and probably Uh has just had her picture taken more. No, I don't have any like real awesome tips other than like most of the photos that I take are, are pretty dominantly lifestyle. Like I'm capturing them in the moment of what they're doing. So usually they're having fun if I'm taking a photo of something. So that helps, I guess. That's a great tip. I know if you put them on the spot and and say, look at the camera, everyone smile. Yeah. Usually that 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 gives a teen or a tween an opportunity to just snub you. So yeah, oh, yeah I capture a candid in the moment. <laughs> <laughs> well, Audrey, looking forward to 2024. What are you most looking forward to? Where can people learn about what's up with the Roloff family and all that you guys are doing? So I'm definitely looking forward to meeting this baby. Really yes. excited about it. We're planning on doing a home birth, which will be my first home birth. So I'm really excited about that. And hopefully we'll be back in our home. We've been living with my parents remodeling for the past six months now. So I'm excited to be back in our own space again and have a summer on our property where we have a home that actually functions and works and isn't falling apart. So really excited about that. Jeremy and I have also got some really exciting projects that we're working on this year for beating 50%. So we're excited about that. You can find everything that we're doing on beating50percent.com or me on Instagram, just Audrey Roloff. And then Jeremy and I have a podcast called These Are the Days where we share just a lot about really just everything that's going on in our life, but specifically home health and holiness is what we've coined around the podcast. We talk a lot about those things. So if you're interested in those things, you can check us out over there. But yeah, otherwise beating50percent.com, you can pretty much find all of our books and journals and the marriage journal and all of that. So. Well, thank you for sharing so much of your experience. And if uh, you listeners, if you've got kids, Audrey's age, listen to her podcast. She and Jeremy share so many tips and tricks and real life strategies that they employ in raising kids that age. I'm so far removed thank from you. that that I was listening to it. And I was like, oh, my gosh, I got to send this to my daughter. I mean, Aww, she's only a week so old, fun. but <laughs> she's going to need to know all these things like traveling with kids. You had so many yeah. great tips for, oh my gosh, for plane rides and 
and travel. Well, you probably have all the good plenty stuff. of those. <laughs> well, now that was before iPads. Now I would just say yeah. bring the iPad. <laughs> yeah. Audrey, you're awesome. Thank you so much for sharing and thanks for being oh, part of the you. mom course. Thank you so much for having me. This was so fun to chat with you. Isn't she a delight? We could have talked all day. I love the honest advice that she shared and I seriously want to start a marriage journal. You can find theirs at their website, Beating 50%. As always, thank you for being here, for being part of the MomForce community. Let's connect over on Instagram at Vanessa Quigley, where I would love to keep the conversation going all around marriage and how you strengthen your marriage. Oh, and I would love to hear what is some of the best or worst marriage advice that you have ever received. Also, if you have a minute and you could rate and review the podcast, I would be so grateful. Each time someone does, it helps us reach more moms. All right, until next time.